Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello, and how are you doing this Monday morning? hope everyone had a great weekend and a great past week. I know there was, I had a real bad episode on Wednesday of last week. Broke my leg was the worst I have ever felt in my life so far. Um, I mean, it, it was so difficult to deal with the pain. I was almost at the point of just falling down to my knees and throwing up. That's how bad it was. And that's how bad the pain was. You know, it's just, it's getting more and more worse, of course, which I've talked about. The tests that I'm going to be doing are all planned for next week, or I'm sorry, next month. That's two of them, so it's taking a while for those to get pushed through with the insurance, if you know what I mean. But I'm hoping I can get these tests done and give you guys the results of what's taken place so far. Because I know it's going to be a long journey. And I just want to make sure that all of you are included in my journey so you can see and understand, you know, the outcomes that could happen um, if you have the same issues as, as I do at this point. So, uh, two other things I want to talk about before we get started here is I know um, a lot of you might listen to this podcast and then not listen to it anymore. And I'm trying to say here right now is that I'm not a professional podcaster at all. Yeah, I've been doing this for three years, but, you know, I'm doing the best that I can do. And I don't have that much experience in regards to, you know, making my voice sound better on that um, and faking everything. And I don't want to do that. I want to give it to you the way it is right now, raw, and just... I'm reading the information off the internet just to give you guys and to look up those things for you so you don't have to worry about it and get the answers that you guys want. So I just wanted to let you fill you in on that situation. And let's begin. Today we're going to be talking about what to do when chronic pain becomes too much. And we're going to have 11 helpful hints. Uh, this is from, this is a transcript given by this one lady that, um, has her own website here and I found it through the Pinterest app if you believe it I've actually posted a new Pinterest app that has all these uh, little tips that can help you out with your neuropathy peripheral neuropathy uh, fibromyalgia they're all on there and you need to check that out I'll make sure I leave the post right post the link here in this episode so you're able to um, check that out when you get a chance. All right, here we go. My definition of chronic pain 
being too much refers to when I'm having a flare-up or feel totally drained by my pain. During those moments, it can feel like you've hit a brick wall with no way to get to the other side. But one positive that came from those low moments was learning ways to cope and know what to do when the chronic pain becomes too much. So we got 11 ways to cope when the chronic pain is too much. Number one is pace yourself. There are so many ways to go about managing chronic pain and pacing is one of them. Pacing is a technique used to break activities into manageable chunks by taking periods to rest. It's a more structured approach to coping with pain. Rather than reacting to pain, you can create a strategy to help conserve your energy while still getting things done. If you're having a really hard time, but still need to get things done, breaking things down into smaller tasks will allow you to set achievable goals regardless of what you what they are. Now, you know what? I heard that pacing uh, before in another article I saw, and that's something that I'd never heard of before, so that's something that we might want to get into uh, later on and talk about what that is. I guess it's supposed to help you with chronic pain and chronic illness. All right, number two, rest. When you live with chronic pain, it can feel like you do more resting than doing. But that's not a bad thing. For me, personally, I know that if I don't rest or get a good night's sleep, my pain is more likely to flare up. So when you find yourself at wit's end, take a moment and prioritize curl up on the sofa and stay in bed for a few days is what you need or if that's what your body needs. You know, the more and more as this pain hurts, the more I feel like I'm sleeping more than being awake during the whole day. I mean, this is just crazy. Number three, document your pain. This may sound strange, but during those low moments, it's really helpful to document your symptoms. And I'll tell you why. Having a log of everything is something you can bring with you to doctor's appointments. They can use your pain log as a pathway to give you the best support and treatment. That's not a bad idea. Number four, binge watch. A good watch, whether it's a series or film, can be an amazing way to escape. Immersing yourself into someone else's world is a pleasant distraction from reality. When I'm in the middle of a flare-up, I get comfy, grab some snacks, and binge on my favorite films and TV shows. Number five, take a deep breath. I know that you're thinking, shut the hell up. I breathe every day. How is that going to help my pain? But believe me, believe it or not, breathing changes from being relaxed to shallow and sharp when we're in pain. Breathing exercises are a useful way to practice mindfulness and distract yourself from the pain. According to healthy.com, Medical professionals and yoga therapists swear by simple breathing exercises such as mindfully observing inhales and exhales and then gradually lengthening those exhales for decreasing pain and distress in people in chronic pain. We may not be able to make the pain go away, 
but we can learn to work with it and start to reduce our stress signals. Then she gives a technique of how this would work, breathing. Take one hand and place it above your stomach. Breathe in slowly and deeply. Hold it for a few seconds and then slowly exhale. Repeat as many times as you need. You know, I uh, was told by my psychologist one time, um, when I came in her office, I was real anxious and had a lot of anxiety. And she told me to do a similar technique as what's being said here. And it did work. It did help me calm down inside her office and I was able to think straight. Number six, visit your doctor or counselor. Not only not knowing what to do when chronic pain becomes too much is an emotional roller coaster, which can trigger anxiety and depression and a constant feel for dread, a feeling of dread or worry. When you're having a terrible flare up, it can feel like there's no point in trying anymore. Everything, no matter how big or small, feels like it's too overwhelming. And I think we all go through that. All right, number seven, medication review. If you've had enough and feel like nothing you've been prescribed is helping, it's time to go back to your doctor. Make a note of how long you've been taking medication when it stopped helping and ask for a medication review. It may turn out that you need to change your dose or your doctor may give you something else that can su suggest that would be make it better. With chronic pain, a lot of things, especially medication, are trial and error. It may take a while testing different things to see what actually helps. I also know how difficult it can be as some doctors can dismiss people with chronic pain but stick to your guns and don't take no for an answer. When I was first um, told that or diagnosed with neuropathy, I've gone through all the pain medications you can think of. And none of them work. Even the ones that I'm on right now don't work anymore. So, you know, I can understand what she's saying right here. Number eight, ask to be referred to a pain specialist. Often doctors don't make pain specialists or clinics readily available, particularly in the UK. It's something you have to push for. If you've reached a point where nothing seems to help, or maybe you have undiagnosed pain, seeing a pain specialist can be really helpful. Most pain clinics have more options available to help cope with chronic pain, apart from medication, from psychologists, CBT, group sessions, and acupuncture. It's definitely worth asking your doctor for a referral. Number nine is nerve block injections. Many people with chronic pain have neuropathic pain, which is caused by a disease or damage affecting the nervous system. According to research, nerve block injections can really help be helpful in treating neuropathic pain, but it can also help identify the cause of pain. I had a nerve block a few years ago, which was really painful in identifying where my pain was stemming from. It's definitely worth speaking to your doctor about to see whether it may be suitable for you. Number 10, natural pain relief. So many of us are living with chronic pain, whether it's because of an illness, an accident, or any other reason. Although medications can help us manage our pain, 
It can also come with several side effects, high costs, and having to play roulette to find the most effective one. But drugs don't have to be the only option. Nature provides so many options that can be useful, also used for natural pain relief, such as yoga. Yoga is not only great for exercise, but it has also been used to help relieve chronic pain. It can help people with fibromyalgia, migraine, arthritis, and several other chronic pain conditions. Studies have shown that yoga helps improve mobility, decrease in inflammation, and reduce pain perception. This as it helps to build strength, improve flexibility, and release muscle tension. Acupuncture. Acupuncture is a treatment used in Chinese medicine for all different pain. Fine needles are inserted into specific parts of this body, known as acupuncture points. Once inserted correctly, the needles can reduce inflammation, stiffness, and relieve pain by relieving pressure in your body. Results from several studies suggest it can be helpful in relieving pain associated with conditions such as fibromyalgia, arthritis, migraine, and carpal tunnel syndrome. And finally, aromatherapy. Aromatherapy is often used with other, with other methods to manage chronic pain. It focuses on using essential oils for in inhalation and massage. Although the effectiveness of aroma has been controversial, these, there have been several studies showing that can be helpful for pain relief, anxiety, and depression. I've used uh, aromatherapy for some time. I think it's been about three years now, and I never thought it was going to work. You know, I, I don't really get involved in those kind of things. Um, but, you know what, when I do use the orange, it, it does seem to help with my pain, and it, it just calms you. One suggestion I would like to give to you, though, is be careful with these aromatherapies. If you have pets in the house, some of these can really affect them. So you need to be very careful in which ones you choose. You can find the information on the internet. Um, but yeah, you need to be very careful. That was one thing I learned too. Alright, number 11 is cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a commonly used method for pain management. It's a type of speaking therapy used to help identify and change negative thoughts surrounding pain by developing different skills. Changing the way you think about pain can really be helpful, particularly when you feel like chronic pain has become too much. CBD allows you to create strategies and techniques to help you more to be more active and get more out of life. I'm not sure if any of you uh, have tried that before. I, I've never even heard of it. But if you have, that'd be great uh, for you to leave some comments. And let me see if I can find this another subject here to talk about. we got about five minutes. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, aromatherapy real quick since I brought it up. I'll let you know the ins and outs and the do's and don'ts. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention is you also need to realize if you have any kind of allergies or allergic reactions to any of these um, different scents that they give you for aromatherapy, you need to make sure you're not allergic to it because there can be issues with toxicity also.
what I'll do is I make sure that I'll add this to um, the episodes for this week and you can look at look it all up yourself but um, let me just tell you about the essential oils around pets because I know a lot of us are pet lovers pet owners need to understand the toxic effects diffusing essential oils around pets can have dogs and cats are much more sensitive to smells than humans what you think is a pleasant scent may be overwhelming for your pet. Cats do not have the enzymes that can process co compounds called phenols found in essential oils. Phenolic compounds can lead to liver failure in cats. Cat owners should be aware that cinnamon oil, citrus oils, clove oil, eucalyptus oil, oil of sweet birch, Peppermint, pine, and tea tree, wintergreen, are poisonous to cats. Incorrect use of essential oils can lead to respiratory problems, nervous system problems, and behavior changes in dogs. Diffusing essential oils around pets. Always leave a door or window open so that your pet can leave the room when they find the scent is too overwhelming. If you worry about your pet, reacting to essential oils you can call a pet poison hotline so those are the things you need to watch out for let me uh, tell you what the dogs have issues with in regards to the essential oils so let's go ahead and talk about dogs real quick dogs noses are much more powerful than ours so consider that if you use or diffuse essential oils in your home placing a few drops of lavender oil on a dog's bedding may help calm them, or it may cause just further stress. Oils used improperly can also lead to changes in behavior, adverse central nervous system effects, and respiratory problems, all of which can be serious. Now here's the oils that you shouldn't use around a dog. Some essential oils are poisonous to dogs. This includes oil of cinnamon, citrus, peppermint, pine, sweet birch, tea tree, wintergreen, and ling ling. These oils are toxic, whether ingested by mouth or spread on the skin. Natural flea and tick preservatives that use essential oils can also be problematic. The EPA considers these products to be minimum risk pesticides, which means they are ex exempt from most regulations. So you really need to be careful there. And, um, Getting the essential oils around anywhere around your pet it can be very dangerous for them. Also, I mean, for yourself, you know, for those that have asthma or bronchitis issues, you know, you need to watch out. And that's one thing, too, that can be very uh, detrimental to your health is dealing with that. But I'll make sure I post all this information so you'll, inc so besides having what do you do when chronic pain is, is um, too much I'll put these up there for you in case you consider using essential oils but again we're done with this episode thank you very much for being part of this podcast I appreciate everything that you do don't forget about my links to other of my Facebook pages plus to my stores and my Amazon affiliate if there's anything you like in there, please purchase it. All of those proceeds go right back into the podcast to make it grow and get even better.
But thank you very much for being here. And you have a great week. And I'll see you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.